0: Make it happen. Okay.
1: Oh, that was official. I know, Whoa. That, was,
0: that was super official. I, I'm, I'm impressed. Look at my notes.
1: Oh! I like that. Thank that you. should be your thing.
0: Just a uh, different little bar. Just always have like a bars. coaster. <laughs> All right, let's. All right. All right. Hello. Hi. Uh, so, this is let me quickly. This is episode three of Baselines and Banser. Three presented. is my
1: favorite number. Holy Trinity. Bring, bring.
0: Bum. <laughs> <laughs> we have Yelda here.
1: Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me.
0: Really good to meet you, too. It's exciting for me because we had a great conversation, but I, I feel like met we're best you. friends now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking forward to this.
1: Um, thanks for having me. Of course, just, of just, you know, I'll follow your lead. <laughs> Take me on the journey.
0: Definitely. All right. So, we're here, Kinfolk 90, Kinfolk 90. We have the adapter playing music in the background. Yelda's <laughs> here. And we're going to just like jump right into it by I'm going to ask you You recently just moved back to New York. I heard, right? Yes. Yeah. So, how did you come to New York and what's <laughs> going on? How did how I
1: come you, back to New York recently?
0: Uh, how did yeah, I get start to there. New York? Well, sorry, how did you come back and how did you get um, here? I got back what?
1: to New York because, well, I very much always intended to. Um, I had been in a few different countries, building communities. Uh, coming back to New York was always the final plan, and it just seems like perfect timing. There's a lot of things I intend to do here in New York while I'm here. So um, I consider New York home. Yeah. You can always... Always believe that I will always be coming back to New York.
0: Nice, nice. And when did you kind of first come here to, I guess, build this home? Like, tell me about kind of when were you first here in general?
1: Yeah, it was um, it was 10 years ago. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: And on... Is he listening to us?
0: He is listening, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's got the insider's scoop over there. I've always
1: wanted to be a fly on the wall. I think I just found my dream job. Wow. For the next episode, you
0: can come do that.
1: Are you kidding? What is the name of this job? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The creative (laughs) fly on the wall. That is... Bars. Um, So I moved to New York 10 years ago for love. Um, My ex-husband lived here, and... Honestly, it's not the expected story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. People
1: think I came here to, like, make my dreams come true and, like, chase them, but I really didn't want to come here. And I was really trying to get him to move to Toronto, and I thought I knew everything about life. Okay. I very clearly didn't. Um, But I'm really grateful to him for being the vessel that brought me to New York, which very much is the essence of who I am and home to me now.
0: Yeah, so you grew up in Toronto.
1: I grew up in Canada, Canada so I grew yeah, up yeah. in Toronto and I grew up by the Rocky Mountains in okay. a small town called Edmonton. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Shout out Alberta. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. I love being a Canadian. You know, it's like people think I'm fake and I'm just Canadian. I'm not. Nice. Yeah. It's I mean, you amazing. have amazing healthcare. care. Uh, yeah. Like a year maternity, <laughs> really low crime rate. family day. They just care about the families. Yeah. Um, education system is amazing. Like, I really, really am grateful to have been raised in Canada and uh, as an adult, get the opportunities of a married. I'm slightly <laughs>
0: jealous, I have to be honest. Sorry? <laughs> so I'm slightly jealous knowing about yeah, no, you. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: it's definitely like a privilege living yeah. in Canada. It's such a good country.
0: So you moved to New York. You came yes. because you were married yes. and moved here. Um definitely different considering where you are right now than a lot not of people are that <laughs> yeah, not married but I, I guess even like on oh, with your musicianship a lot of people come here totally with that in mind so you moved here and what were you initially doing I guess like when you moved here what, what was yeah. going on where were um, you at no
1: i was I was working in media I had you know, always been working in media, so I was working in cable, and I sort of got my way into digital as digital started to rise, and I was working just developing digital products, working um, in publications that slowly started inching towards more music oriented, more hip hop oriented, more entertainment oriented, um, and I found my sweet spot there. But it was very much business oriented, using my left brain, um, 9 to 5, and sort of climbing that ladder uh, unconsciously.
0: So I was going to ask, was that kind of intentional that you were already steering towards musical you know, parts of like creative industries in terms of business, like you, I guess, had an interest, and it was something where you're like, all right, I want to work in this capacity still. It
1: was pretty natural. Like, I got an opportunity to work for Russell Simmons, and um, it was very tech-oriented, and the job made sense with my skill set, and I wasn't even really thinking further than that at the time. When I got there, definitely, I was like, oh, I have a lot of opportunity here to create, and I started um, making content and DJing and... Sort of using that right side of my brain more and practicing my creative muscle.
0: Okay. What um in general, what was the landscape of New York, especially within the creative industry? Like We blew up Chief Keefe. Oh, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just Fetty Watt. Um, oh, yeah? Um, all right, well, you could just uh, do your research on that. If you think I'm <laughs> saying that as a joke, you can go ahead. Um, no, music, I honestly was listening to Moonbaton and Dubstep, and it was dying, and, like, that Trap House sound was coming alive, and yeah. um, I love it. Like, I love bass, and that's why I play so much hip-hop, because it's just, like, I love bass music. Um, and so I sort, I sort of, um, sort of watched that evolution of like trap coming to life, and producers becoming the stars, and DJing their music live, and no longer being behind the scenes in the studios only. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, just watching streaming fuck the game up. Um, what are your cool. thoughts
0: <laughs> on streaming as well? Working, I guess, behind the scenes right now in general.
1: Um, I mean, I own all my music. I don't stream, like, I don't have Spotify, to be honest. Yeah, because, like, as a DJ, like, I need to own, I can't stream, you know? Like, I have to have my files in my Serato. So, I just, streaming hasn't really affected me. Like, um, it's kind of frustrating because, like, Apple Music and these platforms are just, like, the uncomparable A&Rs, and so there was a time where like, we yeah. genuinely were discovering music and putting sounds out, and it's a little harder to do that now, but it's also cool when you do watch yourself support artists, and then, you know, Juice World is an example of someone that I was playing so long before, you know, he was where he is right now and it's yeah, like that's okay. cool to be like oh cool yeah. now if I really still continue to like stalk producers on SoundCloud and do the fun work like yeah. you could reap rewards off just staying on top of new sounds
0: that's yeah I am have gotten so lazy since Spotify kind of from that from like totally
1: everyone is a DJ now like I have mad people that are just like playing music that I'm like where the hell did you get that song from because uh, you know it's like three days that I haven't downloaded music and already it's like banger Um, And I think that's sort of the other difference is what I've seen with music is, like, attention deficit spans, obviously, is, like, there's no more, like, song of the summer. There's, like, song of the week, maybe, if you are Drake. But, like, there is no song that's going for the whole month. There is no song that's, like, being, like, played out for, you know, the summer or, like, the winter. It's, like, it's just really, really quick turnarounds. Um... Mm, I think that's just what it is. I don't know if that's positive or negative.
0: Yeah, true, true.
1: We're just humans turning into fish. No big deal. Right.
0: <laughs> so, you kind of were working at some, like you know, some of these companies that were pushing a lot of music, and you were navigating your way. And then you started. We, we kind of started talking about it, like with DJing. How did you kind of come to that? and how did, how did that kind of fit in your life? Because I know this is something like, you were kind of strictly doing more business-oriented stuff, you were working, and then it, from what I understand, it seemed to be almost like a switch a little bit, right?
1: Mm. Um, honestly, <laughs> back to my love life, when I started DJing, I was going through a divorce, and okay. at that point in my life, I had realized that, I think just like I wanted to connect with my humanity, and I wanted to use my hands, and I wanted to just learn something new, um, and I just, realized that I was constantly the person that was at the party wanting to play the music or putting people on and being like, yo, this girl Rihanna is going to blow, you know, and I've just always been that person. And so I was like, I'm not going to pick up a guitar or a piano right now, but maybe I'll just learn how to DJ. And it wasn't to be a DJ. It was just genuinely to pick up a new skill, learn something new, be a little, um, you know, I had just found that I didn't have enough hobbies um, in that time of my life. It really became art therapy for me, you know? For the first few years, my friends have seen that, like, I really didn't take it seriously. It was private, it was personal, and it was hard to even share it because I wasn't trying to be a successful artist. I was really trying to heal. Um, And it's cool because I definitely always give that advice now when I see people who are wanting to heal. It's like, pick something up. Something new, learn something, you know, grab a new skill, do something that you're gonna just do for yourself and not for the validation of others or what it's gonna look like externally.
0: Yeah, I feel especially in, I don't know, New York, it's really expensive to be here. You kind of have to come with a purpose, but a lot of people fall into that trap of like going to work and maybe just instead of exploring something new, like going to the bar or like going home and watching Netflix and things of the sort.
1: No Netflix, no chill. That's my motto, dead ass. Um, Honestly, the whole ethos of Camel Assembly is marching daily and what that means is if people really were to show up to their purpose and their passions and their dreams, as much as they do to their nine to five or to a Twitter trend or to a one day protest or march. Um, we'd live in, a, we you know, the world we live in would just look different. And so we really try to push that ethos of just showing up every day, whether that's just one hour. It's like, if you're gonna give so much to the person that's paying, your bills you need to give that much to yourself and like your Facts. whether that's your artistry or your community or your connections It's just showing up.
0: Yeah, so so you mentioned camel assembly and that's I know you have like, you know Your individual efforts with your artistry as a DJ and then you also have this group effort that you're a part of as well Do you maybe explain a little bit? What is camel assembly? As yeah well?
1: camel assembly? Um, honestly I would say if the Illuminati can call themselves a brotherhood, why can't I just say it's a sisterhood? I really, it's frustrating to get into like terms of, oh, there's a bunch of women together. This must be female empowerment. It's like, it's really not. It's just creative, abundant, intentional women that show up for themselves, for their communities. It looks like everything. It can look like women traveling the world together, building businesses together giving out, you know, food and product to homeless people, uh, housing one another, it's just really that mentality of abundance and not scarcity. And we sort of call ourselves the drunk girls in the bathroom, where, you know, being drunk in the bathroom, a girl is obviously depicted as someone that's like, oh, you look so beautiful, let me tuck in your tag, let me give you a tampon, here's some lipstick, But on a Tuesday morning that's not how we would interact with one another and so we say like we are constant drunk girls in a bathroom with that abundance constantly and with that love and that collaboration yeah and so it's beautiful because from that I honestly believe I have sisterhoods with some of the most incredible humans that I've interacted with and that is thousands of women across four different continents now um where we do live assemblies Every month, led by different women, different agendas. It could look like introduction to artificial intelligence, three-on-one massages, DJ lessons, learning how to, you know, turn an idea into a business. Um, or it could, you know, I, I I say that it's like for the healthiest person, it's still a very therapeutic, safe space. Um, you're
0: you And it turns
1: three years <laughs> old this month, hey. baby. Yeah, feels good.
0: Three years. <laughs> so, so you're, yeah, you're interacting with people in different countries as well. It's not like just a New York based. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. No, you know? it's definitely
1: not New York based. It's not America based. Um, we're live in Hong Kong and Nairobi and Mumbai and Dubai and London and Toronto. And so, you know, it is very, very uh, much a global vision, but the work is locally focused. Um, when we launched in Nairobi, we didn't just land in Nairobi and be like, oh, here we are now, pay attention. It was a lot of listening, it was a lot of learning, you know. I think the most incredible part of that journey was actually the past two years on the road was like, oh, we're gonna go to these different cultures, these different countries, these different cities, and it's all gonna be different, you know. We're not gonna know what they want, we're gonna have to, you know, really just like, tailor it to them, and what we learned is that it's not the case, you know, is that woman is woman is woman, and I would say the same thing about human, and it's like the same things that were being said across the world continuously, 18-year-old girls, 58-year-old women, every type of sexual orientation, skin color, religious backgrounds, you know, like true diversity. Um, and it's beautiful because they're saying I want to be healthy and I want to learn something and I want to act right now and I want to share stories and so we basically do that at Camel Assembly.
0: So you're... Holding meetings pretty like monthly, daily? Monthly. And-
1: monthly um, is sort of like the family dinner, I would say. But it's an ecosystem that exists every single day. And it's like the more untrackable it is, the more successful it is for me. OK. Um, and so it could be four events a month. It could be unisex events. It could be um, hiking. Like, it's honestly like there's just women that are leading women. This is really what it is.
0: Okay. So, like Sam, on the outside, and I, I'm interested. How do how are you a looking and finding for people that to be part of this community? And also, what is specifically like a, a camel that you're looking for? Like, what are the? Cause this is a very specific term to your language. Like, what is that, and like, how are you What is a people? camel? Yeah.
1: I think every woman is a camel if she was given a safe space. And that narrative of abundance, you know, what we found is when people feel safe, they want to create, they don't want to compete, they want to, you know, remove fear, they want to show up for one another, and so... There are definitely times where maybe it's hard to engage with community, but there's no type of woman that would not be welcome to camel assembly as a matter of fact, I believe we have every type of woman Um, and so the engagement point is still invite only as I do have to obviously ensure the safe space, right? So it's like it's not we do public events but Camel Assembly is private and for the most part is like the communities are building themselves. Women... Are bringing their sisters, who are bringing their sisters, who are bringing their sisters.
0: What's so kind of like the age range? Is there a particular like? Is Every city's sort of
1: different. Like I would say, our age range is in New York. You know, it starts from 18 years old. We have college girls. Like it's younger. It goes into the 30s, but we also have girls in their 50s. Other communities might have only girls in their 20s or only girls in their 30s right now that are really, really needing it. It really just depends on the city.
0: Okay, yeah, that's cool. I guess, so you're trying to, like you have this platform and you're, you're developing skills. Like, what are, what are some events you have coming up as well? Just to give an example of some of the things that you all are doing. Do you have anything coming up that people should know about Um. the three year anniversary? Uh,
1: yeah, so the three year anniversary, we're doing a black dress brunch. And the whole concept is that for decades, we have attended black tie events that are formal. Um, and I don't think that men have attended black dress events, so we're doing a black dress brunch, we're inviting 100 community leaders unisex, and celebrating the women that have been showing up for three years. We have female DJs, female artists, um, and we're doing it in Brooklyn at a beautiful location, and we're doing it with the Ritual of Camel Assembly, which is potluck format, and the concept is like... Bring something to the table. You sit at. Obviously, we can go and get food, but that's not the point. It's really about um, taking that time and care and intent.
0: And what is what is like the handle so we can shout that out? Do you know? Camel what the, assembly. Yeah. Is it just camels at camel assembly?
1: Camel assembly. Everything, baby. Ain't hey. nothing else out there.
0: Hey. <laughs> um, let's, we just
1: changed it to BAML assembly, though. Gang, <laughs> gang, 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 gang.
0: <laughs> Sonny's just shaking his head. <laughs>
1: Sorry. was in L.A. for um, too long.
0: Let's do a non-sequitur real quick. We're going to get some New York in here. Let's do what? I said a non-sequitur. We're going to get some New York in here. I'm curious. Do you have any favorite quiet places in New York you like to go to?
1: My favorite place to always hang out is outside of my window. Wherever that window is, that's always it.
0: Compared to Toronto, do a lot of people hang out on roofs like they do here in New York?
1: Yeah, there's rooftop culture for sure. The thing is, is like, old Toronto, new Toronto is like, it's real, and like the, there's just so much development that I haven't been there in a decade. So like, what it was when I lived there, it's literally just not that thing anymore. There's more cranes in Toronto than anywhere in the world. Like, they're just constant Every time I land, there's a new community that's been built. So I can't really speak on what it what, what it is now. Um, yeah, but I have definitely experienced and witnessed amazing rooftop culture out there. Yeah, they're bougie as hell. It's like. They have, like, a sprinkle of Miami in them. It's weird.
0: It's nice. Uh, Let's see, we'll do one more, um, and then we'll kind of get some more of what's on my card right here. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Is there any particular food spots you'd recommend from you since moving back that you've discovered recently?
1: Yeah, well, honestly, I wasn't here for two years. So like my favorite place in the world is ABCV. What's that? Do you not know ABCV?
0: I don't know, honestly, at all.
1: Okay, so there's ABC Kitchen. ABCV is the vegan version. It's amazing. Like, I had a pancake there the other day. That was my best pancake of my life. And there's just no exaggeration. Like, literally, I had the pancake, and I was like, oh, I've never had a pancake before.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, um, I'm vegetarian, so, like... Where is it? Um, it's like in the East Side 20th and like Broadway maybe.
0: Okay, yeah, alright, we're going yeah. strip it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so going back also to, we were talking kind of about like the Camel Assembly Instagram and Instagram in general. I know we previously talked about being a creative and being a creative that exists online as well as in real life. Especially when you're going to so many different places but also have time to yourself and balancing that, what is kind of your, I guess, concept and conception of the perception of the online identity versus your real life identity? <laughs> Particularly, when I followed you, I saw you have <laughs> that blue little check.
1: Oh, that blue check, blue check, blue check. Um, <laughs> you know what? My Instagram is so calculated. I always think it's crazy if people think it's real, you know, like it's like, it's my brand. I have a Finsta, no one follows it. It's private, my real life lives there. There are no (laughs) filters, there is no, you know, my Instagram is incredibly intentional. I'm not obviously faking moments. Life is good, you know, Uh, we're working hard, but it's definitely a story tell that's intentionally being shared. To, you know, the point where it's like every photo is going to be me with my girls or me, period. Like, love you, but it's not part of my story. So I think it's like um, important for people to use social media as a tool and not as a uh, space to uh, really connect and believe stories like there are plenty of times people are like oh your life is lit you haven't called me in two months and you're like well that's funny because like my posts are all scheduled and I've been in a depression so maybe we should talk about the fact that you should call me um, yeah. and I think that exists a lot there's there's plenty of times where I'm like my mom will you know be like what is this what is this working you know and you're like you know you're sharing a, a storytel that you believe will be enjoyed and you're trying to make it as a line to your real life but also for me like, I would never share my family on my Instagram. Like, my niece and nephew would not be on my feed. Like, I'd like to keep my life private and separate. So where I am sharing is, like, I'm sharing me and my life with my girls, building camel assembly, DJing, traveling. And if it doesn't fit that story, it's not being posted. Hey, sure.
0: Do you think, like, under that lens and guys, that's a good just, like... Like a personal model, something that if you're trying to create a business, especially so many people do create business through Instagram. Yes, I think definitely keep
1: your mental health separate from using social media to build your brands. I think that is the key thing where I find so many people consuming on social media. I genuinely, like, I output and keep it moving. Like, for me, I don't really care to uh, scroll through my feed, honestly. Um, And I think that when it comes to... As you were asking about the blue check, is like I think that what was cool about the blue check is like I have less than 5,000 followers. So for people that think numbers matter, it's cool to remember that the real world matters and real work matters. Um, and so that's really all I had to say about the blue check.
0: Right. And have you, I mean, is there any particular difference, even like monetarily you're finding, or like people finding you? Because I know you talk Fuck about like text yes, messages. yes, period.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes, totally, yeah, and yeah, we will turn those checks into change.
0: Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, you were talking, and you kind of mentioned about injecting consciousness as well. Like what is the importance of that, and particularly with you doing things that for a lot of people they want to do, and some people do it for personal reasons, as well, but things like, you know, with the DJing, where people are like, oh, like, I want, you know, kind of like some of the other, what we think comes with that, like, you know, fame, yada, yada. And you were talking about keeping a very community-minded, It well. is such a
1: community-building vessel for me, DJing. I honestly didn't even take it seriously until I had so many women wanting to party to my music, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, like, we should start turning this into a thing. Um, what was your question?
0: I guess I'll make more of a question out of it. How are you, let's say let's, what's developed your lens for creative practice? For creative? Of, for Creative practice, so it seems your lens is filtered through a lot of consciousness and touching other people, not necessarily looking at yourself and trying to elevate yourself. So uh, is there anything in particular you can point to that you feel like is helping has developed that, that way? Like why are you work with other people and you're creative practices?
1: Mm, I think that um, consciousness is my purpose, so that will manifest in me making different things that push consciousness. Um, I just, you know, my spiritual journey has been as such that I've found it the answer to many things um, you know, it was like acting consciously or unconsciously, removing the ego. And I think that, you know, I just read something funny the other day where people talk about spiritual awakenings, like it's just this beautiful thing and it's just not, you know, it's painful. And I, um, hope to live it for the rest of my life and continue to shed my ego and continue to spread consciousness. I think it's the answer for a lot of, Um, modern-day society and everyone is just so focused on making money and so selfish, Um, like self-minded that it's like I'm a tribal person you know I'm from Afghanistan like it's in my blood to want to show up and uh, have a tribe and connect with my tribe and nowadays because of mobilization like our tribes don't look like mother, father, brother, sister you know it's like Everyone's looking for their like-minded for me is like I like to surround myself around conscious people that are focused on How is this affecting the environment? How is this affecting my body? How is this? Where is this coming from? Like is this coming from a positive or negative space inside of me? Um, And I think it's because that's what I want to keep myself accountable to you know I want to be someone that moves consciously and so I just keep it at the forefront of my purpose
0: All right Yeah. One minute? Five? On. Fifteen? Fifteen. Get out of here. Five. Okay. Five more minutes. Oh my god. Um, You're gonna get my I social wanted, security yeah, number you, by you the You were end talking of about a sp- kind of a spiritual awakening. I was wondering if there was a particular point in your life where you can point to that being something. Because I feel like a lot of people maybe use drugs or like, you know, have this other things with like, oh, I feel like I'm becoming more woke, we have this like woke culture. Was there just, like, maybe of a personal point or something where you're like, I feel like I'm seeing more than you can see before? Or were you always kind of shaped that way? Or, like...
1: I, um, I think that, like... I personally can't think of a... I don't think it's a moment that becomes a spiritual awakening. For me, like, my spiritual awakening began five years ago, and it will continue for the rest of my life.
0: Oh, Yeah. Thank you. Great answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um,
0: let's see. We have five more minutes left. We have to get to the gift. Three now. Okay. I um, want my
1: gift so bad.
0: <laughs> what else do we have here? Bra, 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 That was pretty immediate. Oh. Do you have any particular words of encouragement for somebody that might either have been in your position... 10 years ago, five years ago, where you are right now, or just, let's say you were looking back at yourself when you first got to New York, or like right after you kind of had a major shift in your life, do you have anything in particular that you've learned now that you would give in terms of words of encouragement?
1: Um, definitely, definitely that mountains are made of sand, you know? And I think that people, everyone wants a mountain and you sort of get caught up on the vision of that and you forget that like, it's marching daily. It's like every day you just gotta put some sand together and it'll stick together and it'll become a rock and one day you'll have a mountain. I think consistency and like, you know, I think it really is just consistency and like there might be blocks, there might be obstacles, there will be all of those things, but um, knowing that like what is your other option? It's like you're either gonna keep making or what? Oh, yeah. Not hanging out with me. You ain't gonna hang out with me if you're not making.
0: All right, yeah, I'm definitely coming <laughs> to a dinner.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's very much it is like. Don't get caught up on like the mountain. Just like throw some sound down every fucking day.
0: Mm. Alright. I think it could be time. It could be time. We gotta find where's oh, Angel. Let's see if we can get Angel. My God. Where's Angel? Ding, ding. Ding, Angel ding. should know what time it is. I don't know where he is. Do we know where Angel is? Because Angel's a gift. Angel's a gift. Can, can one of you get Angel?
1: Why does Angel have my gift?
0: All right. Uh, so I think he, oh no, my in is bad. Let me see. Yeah, me here, see. I got you. So, so, here's your gift.
1: Oh, 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 wow. Here's your okay. gift. All right. Uh, Can you just hold
0: this? Yeah, I'll hold this. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be in this interview right now. Hey.
1: Glitter glue, <laughs> purple glitter glue. What I will tell you is, if this was biodegradable glitter, <laughs> it would have been a game changer. It would have been
0: ah no! <laughs> damn it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's dollar store though. I you know that I'm so not happy doing... about this. I, it, I'm gonna use this. Yes. Yeah.
0: Watch. I, I figured from our conversation. No,
1: I, I yeah, I will. You seem them. to
0: be the glue in a lot of relationships and communities. So I, I thought about it and wanted to give it to you. <laughs> hey!
1: <laughs> it. Killing me softly. Also, wow. camels wow. may get turned into wow. glue. I don't know. Uh, the camels, what?
0: Nothing.
1: What about the camels? <laughs> what about the camels?
0: I said camels may get turned into glue. I don't know.
1: Camels. Don't glue camels together. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with it, but glue, yes.
0: yes. Camels, my glue. glue exactly. Glue uh, in a relationship. See, there you go.
1: Speaking of camels. There we go. Look well,
0: at these little. I things. heard, yeah. I heard Sabina was doing some newsletters. She
1: up. has been making artwork for yeah. our weekly oh, yeah, newsletter. Yeah,
0: sabina has been Sabina, fire. Hello. This is not a club. Sabina is the babe a of
1: life. Um. Can I go play with my glitter glue? Yeah. All right.
0: One last question. One last question. Oh wow. So this is the like final question. I'm everybody, and I had prepped you for this one. You what? You prepped should, me? Yes. Who should we have on here next? Oh. Spe- speak to the camera.
1: Oh, okay, by far.
0: Who should be on here next?
1: My best friend and business partner, Keshia Hannam.
0: That's, yes. All right.
1: Are you guys listening to me? Yeah, let's add Something her, add else her. is happening on the side, and but Keshia Hannam, she's a babe. All right.
0: All right. She's really smart. All right. We're look her up. Okay. It's all you. I said we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation at your dinner party.
1: Um, you had a combo with her?
0: No, I said the next one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah okay fair
1: fair fair. No, she's here. She's all here. Right. You'll well, meet cool. her now. I'll meet her. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you so much. This went
0: so super quickly. So exciting frankly. to see where this
1: goes. <laughs> Bless you guys. You. Don't stop. Get it, get it.
0: We won't. We won't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you.